0: The, no. youthscape. The, youthscape. The, youthscape. the
1: Youthscape Podcast. Hello and welcome to another Youthscape Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders.
2: And in the north, we have a weather front that is part. Oh, oh sorry, I got in the zone. It just sounded like weather.
1: Wow. It did sound like weather. It wasn't you
2: had a nice, smooth kind of traffic voice. That was lovely. Do you think, do you think
1: I've, I've missed my calling and I, I should think be have? on yep. local radio?
2: My name's Rachel Gardner, and uh, welcome to the Youthscape podcast. This is the podcast where we shed a light on the good and the great in youth ministry.
1: on New Year's Gold. i was talking about that last week. You see, oh, you week. set a goal, and you just then you have to do it by the end of twenty eighteen.
2: Did you actually set a goal? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm actually...
1: going to finish my screenplay. Oh yes,
2: you did. Yeah. It was a very beautiful moment, and we yeah. really cheered you on. You I all I've affirmed forgot. me. It was I lovely. Did. It How... didn't mean anything, did no. it? No. Yes. How did you get on?
1: Uh, so far, I've not done any, but to be fair, I mean, when would I have?
2: Yes, exactly. You
1: know, we've been on retreat yeah, at youth Yeah, and uh, and I, um, I'm still, I'm still finishing the turkey.
2: Yes, actually, it goes on forever, doesn't it? And all the boxes of things that you say, don't open this till Christmas. Yeah. And then Christmas is really busy, and then you hit of the fifth of January and go, oh, that massive assortment collection of biscuits. Yeah. And like you and, and gherkins and pickled onions. I have things in my cupboard. I don't have the rest of the year. So what are the things Piccadilly. that you Piccadilly.
1: buy? What are the things you buy at Christmas? That you uh, you 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 know you think oh yeah I'll really eat those and then you don't and they just stay in your cupboard. It's a
2: weird thing, and it is a bit like Radi Radi, goose fat. Like my husband likes cooking roast potatoes. Not the rest of the year. The rest of the year we have ample roast potatoes that I think taste a bit nicer actually. But in at Christmas we have to have goose fat, which burns in the church oven because we're cooking loads of potatoes for people. Right. And then everyone's got like stinging eyes after Christmas dinner.
1: Yeah. I find the big thing with Christmas is you buy these big selection boxes of Biscuits and crackers. Yes, oh, crackers. And, and by this stage, oh, you're really down to the, yeah. the worst crackers. So the nice, kind of interesting black pepper Artisan. crackers. Yeah, Yeah, the art, exactly, artisan's a good word. And the biscuits with the cream in the middle and the, the bourbons and all those sorts of things have gone. And you're just yeah. left with Hovis biscuits. Yeah. You know those? And the, just yeah. the really boring plain crackers. The, plain, the water biscuits. The water and they just, biscuits. And they just stay there, don't they? Yeah. And, and, until, like, May
2: yes and then they're soggy and then you can legitimately throw them out but you mentioned about retreat and i I don't know whether our listeners um go on retreats do you do that do you take yourself off at the beginning of term because i think actually we've never really talked about that but it's a powerful part of our life together Mm. as youthscape that three times a year we go away for two nights three days and we retreat and we get speakers in and we spend a lot of time praying for young people and we eat well and we sleep well and we walk in nature, But it's a powerful part of the rhythm of our life, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I think it's one of the little secrets of why our organisation works as well as it does. Mm. We're a very relational organisation, um, which has its challenges yes, as well. Yes, yeah. But um, but we are very much a sort of community of faith alongside being a, a, a group mm. of colleagues who are working in an organisation or a business. Um, and this thing, that, you know, we, we, we take every term. we take the whole team, there's no one who stays behind, No, the whole team goes off and we spend... 48 hours or a little bit more sort of from Wednesday afternoon through to uh, through to Friday afternoon we actually just pray and stop and listen to we have the amazing Paula Gooder with us yes. last um, this week yes. um, and uh, and we just we just learn and we kind of I think probably without that a lot of the other things about possible. Youthscape no. wouldn't work no. and believe it or not before our time Rachel because we we've only been here three or four years yeah. um, which you might really I mean I don't know if you've noticed but since Youthscape's really taken off <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, I didn't really say that. Cut that out. Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut that out. We've only been here about three or four years. Yeah. Um, it's... Um, before that, apparently, they used to go away six times a year. They used to go twice yeah. a term for three days. So, really get backslidden.
2: Yeah, absolutely, seriously backslidden. Because I think it's a, a really important place. rhythm, isn't it? Very, very important rhythm for us. And it does hurt, you know, it costs us because you can't be doing work then and, and it, it, it interrupts your life. The stuff yeah. that interrupts your life actually is very positive, isn't it? Yeah. Really. We don't
1: stay in hotels either, so no. it's painful in another sense.
2: I've slept on many a floor for these retreats. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful and trip. actually often share with producer Rachel, which producer I really love,
1: Rachel actually. We does uh, producer Rachel snore?
2: No, she does not. She's a person. Does
1: Rachel Gardner snore? Does Rachel Gardner oh,
2: talk or walk? Do anything
1: basically. that's funny? Talking, she's nodding her head now. Does I, she walk? I, I Does she, have you, know you seen I her know sleep
2: know.
1: Rachel, have you slept
2: Not on, on retreat, I think. I think that season has passed. I'm just so tired now and my head hits the pillow and i like, you're just gone. <sighs> gone. I'm just gone.
1: Yeah.
2: Fantastic. Well, this is the podcast that likes to bring your way, wonderful listener, the good and the great of the youth ministry world is to inspire you and agitate you and Our guest today is phenomenal. Martin, you spent a bit of time. You didn't actually go to York, did you?
1: No, no, I used this thing called Skype.
2: Skype, which means you can be with somebody even though you're not physically there. Thanks for explaining (laughs) that. Tell us who you interviewed, because this guy's awesome. Yeah,
1: I, I interviewed Lee Kirkby, who is the uh, head of youth and children's work at St Michael the Belfry? Brilliant. Which is have you have you been to yes. York? Yes, it's the little church next to the big church.
2: They are brilliant,
1: and uh, it's a it's a brilliant church with a long um, history actually mm. of great youth work. Uh, and he's also the head of youth ministry at New Wine. And I had a great chat with him. Oh, and he was also youth worker of the year.
2: Yes, uh, a couple absolutely. of years back.
1: So I had a great chat with him about all of those things and a few and a few more. And it was wonderfully honest and refreshing. And I learned lots. So have a listen. The Youthscape Podcast. So, uh, so Lee, w- welcome to the uh, to the Youthscape Podcast. Um, y- I first I first knew of you, of course, when you became announced as Glorious Youth Worker of the Year. Uh, 2016, yeah. is that right? Uh, 15. 15.
0: Yes, a couple of years ago now. I yeah. think it carries
1: into that 16. A- I think you're... Your your youth worker of the year, fifteen slash sixteen. is like football, it's like a football season.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. And I was really actually honoured that I got to kind of go to the next year's presentation just to hold on to that clam, limelight for a little bit extra as well.
1: <laughs> okay, and and what? Why did you get that? Do you, Do you know why you got that?
0: Um, I still don't understand why on earth I was voted youth worker of the year, uh, but I think. Actually, but my friends and colleagues—they they contributed by voting and, and putting a, a case forward. Um, but largely here in York, I think it was because we just set up a, a new youth centre in an old garage, and uh, it'd really taken off, and lots of new and exciting groups had started, and um, it was a really vibrant time in, in the life of our youth ministry. And I, I think people just wanted to honour that, really, and I, I was honoured and really appreciated kind of that uh, that title for a year. Yeah. Mm. And and um,
1: and to tell me a little bit about the um, the work that you do in York. So you've been there, you've been there a few years now, haven't you? Um, what is it what have yeah. you been doing over that the last few years?
0: Yes, I've just been there just over five years, and uh, my responsibility is overseeing youth and children, so not to eighteens. Now, of course, I can't do that all by myself, but I've got an amazing team. Uh, We've got a youth worker and a children's and families worker. And uh, just just kind of meeting uh, children, young people's needs across the city, both in church and also um, in terms of outreach. And uh, we've just a couple of years ago moved into an old garage that I mentioned before and converted it into a a youth centre. So literally when we we moved in there, there was uh, vehicle lifting, there's grease all over the walls and uh, now it looks at you know a pretty cool space uh, for what we want to use it for
1: that's amazing and so um yeah so so you you oversee noughts to 18s yeah i mean that's a fairly that's a fairly broad remit isn't it and it and it's quite common now in youth work for um youth and children's ministry to be sort of merged so how how on earth do you make that work because you can't Okay, this is my opinion. you can't truly be an expert in both those age groups
0: no, no, and I, I think I, I, I tend to agree with that i mean when i when I came to interview for this job I, I laid it on the table and i said look i'm I'm not actually a children's worker. I just want you to know i'm a, I'm a youth worker, and that's what my my heart is um but I think the way my my role is molded is um it's more of an oversight and an enc- encouragement and kind mm. of managerial over the of the children's work particularly um and my one of my key tasks was to actually appoint an excellent children's worker who can do the hands-on stuff better than i can do you do you think maybe that's
1: a model for youth and children's work going forward um this is a slightly leading question but but you you know i i really believe the future is is in raising up an army of volunteers so is the place for the full-timer more to take that uh that more strategic role?
0: Um, I, I don't think whether you're paid or volunteer actually matters. I, to be honest, um, the bulk of, of the work that um, is done here in York, Children and Youth Work, is, do, is done by volunteers. Um, and really that our paid staff, what they tend to do is more kind of um, looking after the volunteers, uh, training them, mentoring them, um, but much of the hands-on stuff we we, we try really hard to uh, to equip them to facilitate the sessions by themselves, so mm. we're very much kind of like to be hands off but empowering others to, to to raise up to do that job but mm. I, I'm aware that in York and particular at my church, you know I mean a u- unique position there's not many churches that have a, a head of youth and children's work, no. a youth worker and a children's worker um and, and I just know that that's not the case. Uh, at many places, um but I think I think the key is if, if you're if you're looking at raising um and building a youth and children's ministry the, the key is is your volunteers raising a volunteer base, not doing it all by yourself. yes,
1: brilliant brilliant and and so um uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the actual work uh, that you do so so I understand that you've been running a a sort of a festival for uh, for young people haven't you and and so just start off by telling me sort of how that came about and then maybe you can explain because it because I believe there's a bit of a, de- bit, a bit of a development.
0: Yeah so um, essentially when we moved into this old garage um, we'd finished renovating it up and uh, literally collapsed in a heap on one of the sofas and the big doors were open looking out onto the yard and as I sat down I just said to my colleague Adam I said wouldn't it be great if we could uh, do a mini festival here? And he looked at me as uh, all my colleagues do when I come up with these wild ideas. And uh, anyway, from that moment, we went along with it. And I just thought, you know, why not? Let's try it. I I, I see myself as, uh, if I wasn't in youth work, I think I'd love to be in business and running my own business. So I'm always up for, like, taking a risk and and doing a new thing.
1: Would you go on The Apprentice, Um, Lee? Lee, would you go on The Apprentice?
0: Uh, I'd like to, but I think I'm a little bit camera shy. I was on Songs of Praise once and nearly passed out. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was live for Remembrance Day. Why did
1: you nearly tense. pass out? Because you were frightened of the, was it a particularly rousing Just... hymn or?
0: It, it, it was God be in my head, actually. That's what I was singing.
1: Oh, <laughs> and and then
0: you nearly went down. <laughs> I literally went down, yeah, this camera zoomed right into my face, and I thought, no, I can't hack it. (laughs) Anyway, so that summer we went along with running a mini festival at our our youth centre. So the yard, we had big marquees put up. Um, We got portable toilets in. We used the the, uh, gym down the road for showers. Uh, We got people in from church to come and cook for us. Uh, we used all our own speakers from within the church. And uh, it was basically a homemade mini festival. Amazing. And uh, there was never intention to kind of compete uh, with with the big kind of festivals like, you know, Soul Survive and Ui and et cetera. Yeah. That, that was never the intention because um, my heart, particularly behind it, was actually just to, to really invest in our our home group. And use homegrown people to to make that happen. So that's where it was birthed. Really. Mm. But then, but but you're, you're
1: going to now take it a bit a bit wider and broader than that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, the, our heart as a church is to be serving uh, God's transformation of the north. So you know, we've got a real uh, love for the north of England. And um, for the, the past three years, when we've run this event, uh, I've just thought. Wouldn't it be great if we could share this with, with some other people and, and invite our friends to it? Particularly around York, it's a, a rural area and there's lots of churches that don't have established youth ministries. They don't have paid youth workers, but they almost certainly have youth living in their parishes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, well, you know, given that residential experiences, are um, one of the most pinnacle um, experiences a young person can have, particularly speaking from my own experience, that yeah. was the first time I experienced the Holy Spirit. And it's, um, it's a time when many young people commit their lives uh, to following Jesus. And right. I just thought, why are we depriving young people of this experience when we can open up our doors? Wow. Um, so we, we've we've renamed the event. It, it was called Belfry Youth Fest after our church, uh, but we're just naming it Youth Fest now to Hopefully, encourage other churches to get on board. I see what you've done
1: there. I feel like that was a short brainstorm.
0: It it it, it took a while actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've never been one for names, but we we just thought, well, why not just drop the name Belfry, and uh, it kind of works. So. I can see how you got there. Yeah, yeah, it's a it, it's a simple method, but I think it works. And um, and then we're moving to a new site, and th- the amazing thing is. It's still in-house, even though we're going a little bit bigger and widening the net, mm. it's still in-house because our new site, um, the manager of the retreat centre, comes to our church. Um, we did it for the first time at the new site last year, just for us in-house as a church, and uh, we we got people such as um, a, a fireman in, in our church, and he provided all fire extinguishers for all the different venues across right. the site for us for, for absolutely nothing. And um, it's just amazing, like people coming out of the woodwork and saying, I'll help you set up the event. I'll help you just come and de-rig the event at the end. Um, but the heart really is to serve the local church.
1: Great. Fantastic. Well, so when is it and and, and who's it open to? And are you, uh, you know, is it open to people who might be listening to this right now?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's open to anyone, but... Um, our real desire is to is to open it up to kind of um, youth groups in the York area and in the Diocese of York um, purely because that's probably uh, more logistical to organise and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but it's the last weekend of the summer holidays, uh, so uh, um, uh, end of August, beginning of September. Okay. It's, it's hundred pound, but we, we have bursaries available, and we also have um, a website which is Youth. Uh, HyphenFest.org, and I um, mean again, our design and publicity stuff has been organised by one of our young people. He, he just brilliant. run with it. Brilliant. Um, I just love how it's kind of organic and in house.
1: That's fantastic, and and long may it remain that way. Um, oh, I, man I know you need to go to the zoo, um, which um, <laughs> which won't make any sense to anyone who's listening to this because we had a conversation off mic. Um, but uh, but before you go to the zoo. Um the other side yeah. of, of what you do is you're you're quite involved in um, new wine, aren't you? Yeah. And, so, and, and is that is that yeah. is, what's happened there is is that a bit like when um, Apple or Google <laughs> go along and, and find somebody who started something interesting and just buy them? Is that is that what's happened? <laughs> they just have they just come and found you in your garage and just bought the garage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think so. No, I mean uh, Paul Harcott who's the, uh, the fairly new leader, national leader of New Wine. Yeah, it, he's just it, he's got a real heart for 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 encouraging local church, um, youth, youth ministry, children's ministry, all kinds of ministry. And uh, you know, it would have been easy for him to kind of ship in. I think um, an organisation or a group to run the summer festivals, but I, I think what he was looking for is someone who can bring a bit of um, you know, authenticness and something that's replicable um, outside of the summer conferences. So, he, you know, he's asked me to come in and head up youth ministry for, for new wine. A, a bit of that is the summer conferences, but also it means a bit of travelling, encouraging uh, other local churches around uh, the UK. Um, but it, it's it's kind of... It, it's a role whereby... Um, We want to encourage, and we want to facilitate, and bring ideas, and just kind of um, yeah push people on really in what they're doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, mate, let me ask you
1: the really hard question right at the end, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. Because you, you know, just to take 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 this on a bit. How old are you? I'm thirty. Thirty. Okay, it's a pivotal moment. You know, you could start you could start feeling quite good about yourself at thirty. I am just about to turn (laughs) forty, and I can tell you that. That good feeling does not last more than 10 years. Um, but wow. you've um, you, you you've kind of, you've just um, launched this festival. It's gone well. You're widening it out. You were Youth Worker of the Year last year. Now you're uh, involved at New Wine. How do you stop yeah. yourself from uh, starting to believe your own hype a bit? How do you protect yourself? How do you protect the natural, you know, i I'm, I'm you know, we're all human. I, I know this only yeah. too well. How do you protect your ego from taking over? How do you stop yourself from making it the Lee Kirkby show? Wow. Uh, and Please tell me the <laughs> Lee Kirkby show is starting on uh, TBN Network yeah. next week.
0: That, that's the big question. Um, you know what? I, I see what I do is it, actually it, it's not about me doing it. So if you came to one of our youth sessions on a, on a Tuesday night, for instance, You'd see me sat at the back. Um, You wouldn't necessarily see me at front leading or preaching all the time or kind of running the shots, but um, I'd I'd, I'd be present. And afterwards, I'd be there for the team, encouraging them, training them, and uh, just, you know, providing that kind of creative thought. Um, But I I think the key is is to not think it's only me who can do it. Um, Yeah. So quite often, we, we've got a larger team at our youth stuff, than, than we've got more team than young people coming. Huh. And I just love to be raising, you know, young leaders up who can then be released to go and do other stuff. So someone got in touch with me the other week and said, look, Lee, we really want you to come and help us with a youth alpha away day. And I, I thought, well, I need to protect my time. So... I'm going to suggest that uh, one of my youth team comes, and they've they've snapped my hand off, and you know that's enabled me to release someone else to go and do it. So I think it's just being wise with your time, yeah, and uh, and kind of choosing what you say yes and no to. Um, you don't have to do everything, yeah. Uh, and I think actually, given that it's the local church that pays my wage it's been loyal to them yeah. and it's you know it's so easy to spread yourself thin and, and go elsewhere and speak elsewhere and, and kind of make up uh, a name for yourself but I, you know i'm really dedicated to my, my church and that that's where my my first love is good man great answer
1: lee thank you so much for uh, for coming on the podcast i know we've we've kept you from the zoo and you need oh, to no, go you're... there now
0: i really appreciate it Thank you very much, Martin. It's good to speak to you.
2: The Youthscape podcast.
1: So, Rach, uh, I know that we—I particularly bang on about this mm. a little bit—but um, I'm always aware, just of in Christian ministry, the lure of uh, popularity and profile and platform, and I'm always aware that in youth ministry, we we. Um, uh, we do have this little captive audience, and it can awaken some things in us that aren't particularly healthy mm. um, about, you know, our own self-esteem and our own sense of, of self. And so, um, uh, I just wondered how you, as somebody who is often found on a, uh, a conference platform,
2: um, um, is it because I've been invited there, or is it because i was just like, Ooh, <laughs> like oh, like, um,
1: do you remember when Jarvis Cocker rushed the stage? Yeah. Uh, at the Brits, yeah. Um, no, no, you, mm. you have been invited onto the platforms. Mm. Um, how do you stop yourself? From, actually, because you are, you know, we're good friends. Actually, I know we, I know if you listen to this, <laughs> it sounds like we hate each other, but we are good, we're friends. good friends. And you, um, uh, you are somebody who really thinks about this and mm. really cares about making sure that you, your ego doesn't run away with mm. you and that you put checks and balances. So, what what do you do to just make sure you're you're not losing your head in that stuff?
2: Um. Well, I think I'm. I don't, I don't know that I can very brilliantly, cleverly answer what I do do to stop that happening. What I can answer is how I deal. I I feel that what I have to deal with more than that is the the often overwhelming sense that I've absolutely made a mess of this and I've yeah. failed. And and that's not to say that I don't have the allure of stuff. Like, and, and there are a number of times where I think, oh gosh actually that, I, I took a bigger kind of ego hit from that that I, I need to just check that in. But I think, I I find that I, getting up on a platform is costly. And, and I used to think and people said that, that sounded quite worthy, like a really worthy thing to say. But I think what I mean is actually, I'll often get down and think, oh, that was awful. And it's just a, a physiological kind of like, oh, I've, I've wasted that. Like people had their hearts open to God. They they listened to what I prepared and and I just gave them nothing like and I think that's so I think because that sometimes I'm not always aware when my ego is taking a nice little trip because I'm and I'm not really kind of always conscious of that so one of my checks will be before I take. Say yes to a booking. I will check with a few people. Um, so there are some things that I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's I really feel God's got asked me to say something here. It's a really obvious fit. Other times I think, oh, this is quite a significant invite. Am I saying yes for the right reasons, or am I saying yes because actually it's quite nice to be, you know, in in that conversation? I where I struggle is if I can't do an event, and then I sometimes have a fear of missing out. And that's mm. a really honest thing for me to say. I don't think this is the right thing for me to do. Actually, sometimes what I do now is I say. Actually, I think you could probably find somebody else to to do that. And I'd like you to look for another female speaker. I'd like you to to really challenge yourself. Are you looking for enough diversity? So sometimes I'll say I'm not gonna say yes to that, and I really want to encourage you to go and look broader. So but but for me the thing I wrestle with, Martin, is actually post. It's mm. it's um and it's an inverted pride because that's where I think I'm weakest. Because actually initially I'm like oh god did you use me and then actually very quickly it becomes oh do people think I'm an idiot and I want Mm, them to not think I'm mm. an idiot and that becomes my idol actually it's the you did okay and enough people said thank you and I remember actually at the national youth ministry weekend I I actually I completely felt I bombed that and and I I really struggled afterwards and it was Mike Palin who um He's a podcast listener and a contributor. When I spoke to him afterwards, he was very good. He said to me, Rachel, I think the first half of the sermon was for you, not for us. And the second half of the sermon was for us. And as I've got older, I've I've chosen to seek out the voices who are going to tell me the truth. Mm. Not those that are just going to kind of add to my sore ego that's now going, no, oh, I don't think people like me. And, and yeah, that's a bit waffly.
1: No, it's not. And I, I, Rachel, I think what's brilliant about that actually is there are lots of people here who've, you know, struggled a bit with bad sermon feedback yeah. or a, a youth talk that went a bit wrong and they probably feel a bit worthless at the end of it. Yeah. And so to hear you as someone with much more experience uh, than than any of us really, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting up and, and basically saying now, presently, in November, mm-hmm. you actually really struggled with exactly mm-hmm. those feelings, I think it's really reassuring. And, Aww. you know, we're all just leaning on God ultimately, we are. aren't we?
2: And actually, I think it's a very genuine, that, that fear of having got it wrong is... I mean, I almost talk about it. It's like having something... It's like it's like feeling sick and thinking I, I need to throw up. Like So there have been some times where I've gone back to a hotel room. I've, I've flown somewhere, given a preach somewhere, gone back on my own to the hotel room and, and actually been like, I do not know what to do with myself. Mm. I'm... I feel utterly crushed by this but I also know this is my area of greatest weakness and this is where I need to lean hard on God and then who are the one or two people I can call who won't just go oh I'm sure they loved you I don't need to hear that actually what I need to hear is just bring that to God let him speak into that space yeah. and so I think it's it is it is costly it does cost us and, I, and in a way it's no different whether you're speaking to 10,000 or 10 if if you felt that you're on your own on that stage and you feel which is why i think i love speaking in those spaces where there's a real honor culture where they say we we're gonna we really love this speaker we're gonna really listen the worst thing women out there isn't it awful where people introduce us as a brilliant female communicator that's my bugbear yeah because men don't get introduced as a brilliant male communicator women always do And, and and it sets you up to fail actually Everyone's like, "Oh, I'm about to to a great commit. Oh no, she's awful." Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's interesting, isn't it? The kind of little challenges. They all,
1: but I've also <laughs> heard female communicators, you know, introduced as the the gorgeous yes. or the very beautiful, yes, or, and you just think, yes. "What are you doing?"
2: Yeah. Why absolutely. are you? Introdu-? I've
1: never been introduced as the handsome Martin Saurus, no. and I demand that, frankly.
2: That's on your viva. Next time. <laughs> I know, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. So, so absolutely. I mean, I mean, what's you are also somebody who speaks now. That you speak on a number of formats, so you are an upfront preacher. And actually, I heard a sermon of yours recently in your church. It was an absolutely outstanding piece of communication. I was listening to, it like, oh my goodness, I need to hear you preach more. But you also communicate through the written word, so articles and and books and blogs and. And and this is the same principle applies, isn't it? Mm. Actually, the allure of oh, I've just been asked to write by so and so. How do you? What mm. checks are you? Well, that's the inter- that's
1: interesting. Um, so first of all, the speaking thing never feels like a problem for me because I hate speaking. Um. I absolutely hate it, and so I do it sort of almost as this doesn't sound too grandiose as a sort of act of obedience because I know I'm I know I'm fairly good at it. Yeah, and so I do it because. You know, my church, for example, mm. actually is interregnum at the moment mm. and actually needs people who are prepared to get up and preach. Um, but I don't enjoy the process of preparation. I don't enjoy the week before. I don't enjoy the process of standing up there and preaching. And I, I can't stand the bit afterwards where you have to stand at the door and shake people's hands. So there's literally nothing in it for me yes. in preaching. And so preaching is definitely not kind of my, my problem when it comes to... The, the problem I have is more around writing. So I do mm. write a lot and have written a lot for a long time. And... Um, of course, I get an awful lot of uh, trolling, mm-hmm. an awful lot of really nasty comments. Mm. Uh, and people see those as well, and people are often very defensive. Yes,
2: that's the difference, isn't it? But, yeah. but of
1: course, the reality is, um, that's, that's 5% of the feedback I get. You know, really, I don't... And if you're not upsetting a few people, um, mm. then, then you're probably not writing anything very interesting anyway. So, I mean, I, you know, I have had some response articles written mm. about me and stuff, which has been a bit challenging. But largely speaking, people say nice things. And what I've realised is... Um, there's a subtle thing your brain does which is sort of thirst for the dopamine of, um, mm, uh, the of those little the reward of people have seen me they've mm. affirmed me they've read my stuff they've shared it and it's it's something that's crept up on me a little bit actually mm. um, as I've been writing I've had to deal with um, now when I write an article and I put it online and I, I post it I purposely don't then go back online for about Six, eight hours, so that the majority of the feedback, sometimes by the way, I get it terribly wrong and people all hated it. But if the majority of the feedback is nice, people sharing it, great asks, I just miss it. Mm. And I don't see it. And then I just know I'm not feeding off of that. Mm. Um, and so, you know, with writing, I'm learning more and more to just come to God and say, What is it you want me to say? Mm. I'm going to say it and then I'm going to step away. Yeah. Uh, and writing, you're able to do that in a way much more easily than. Yeah. Than when you're physically with people in the flesh as yes, you are, yeah. um, so I'm I'm definitely not got it sorted yeah. either. I'm I'm glad to have really good friends in my. Life. I don't know why I attract people in my life who tell me what they think. You know what I mean? Like people, mm. I don't I don't ever seem to have had deferential people around me who are just like, oh yeah, everything you do is great. I've just never had those people. I don't know why. Other people have those people. Aww. Pastors have those people. Why don't I have any of those people? You, I'm actually, glad I don't have I any I was of those say,
2: you would hate it I would hate people it. said everything you did. But
1: I've got a lot it. of good friends, like yourself yeah. and producer Rachel, yeah. who, who will say, do you know what, you've actually dropped the ball there, or don't get too big for your boots mm. there, or, you know, that that's come but across But I think wrong. what
2: true friends do is they never question your motives. I don't, I don't mean they don't say, why did you do that? That's an important question. But they don't say, oh, she did that because, actually, she's just in this for the applause. Mm. And I think that you know who your true friends are, the ones that go, I know your heart. And if actually you've just, at the moment, doing something that I'm a bit, like, dubious, I know it's because it's coming from a place of fear insecurity. You feel you need to kind of stake your claim. It's not because, at heart, you've turned into this power-hungry thing. Mm. Um, I think the flip side of it is... Um, it is really, really fun being invited to share stuff. It's like an incredible privilege, isn't it? It's like wow, this is this is great. and I think that I do I do struggle with the stuff afterwards, but there's a I feel like a, a compelling like actually I, I, yeah, I want to stand in front of these young people and tell them, bring this to Jesus mm. and wow, my goodness, some of them might even do that. like mm. that is an incredible privilege, isn't it? So I think, for all that we get knocked back and there's a cost, I think I, I can see in you, Martin, you're know, you, you you're back there at your desk, you, you're wrestling with the next thing, you, you're putting it out there because actually it matters more that the conversation has opened up and the space has opened up and then, yeah, I, I think that's just beautiful, isn't it? And and actually those moments where somebody hears something that you've wrestled, because let's face it, we write it or we speak about what we've wrestled with. Of course. Um, and so when you connect with someone thinks oh they're wrestling with it too that that becomes just so dynamic yeah, doesn't yeah. it it's beautiful
1: so, so unexpectedly you and I have opened our hearts there I don't know why we decided to, didn't to do that today n-
2: Martin no so nudity, no nudity stories at
1: all, at all this week but I feel like there's always one around the corner <laughs> um, we should do some shout outs before yes. we go to Aaliyah Pike Mr and Mrs Ollie Deeks yes uh, are we not say Mr and Mrs well, I, that's a bit 1985 fight. yeah the
2: feminist to me is like come on this woman what is calling in the Diggs ministry. Name? I don't know I'm going to go and find out Let's find because out. she has a calling in ministry in her own rights and it's really important on.
1: Professor out. Reverend Dr Len Kegler of NIAC
2: <laughs> he's never coming off the, the list no is he, is he is the <laughs> list <laughs> he's mayor of the
1: list um, you can get in touch and tell us what you think of this podcast uh, podcast at youthscape.co.uk or you can uh, message us on twitter uh, at Youthscape, uh, you can find us on Facebook, meet Youthscape, or there's a phone number which I'm not going to give to you because Rachel, producer, can't find it. Yes, it's 01582 th- 748 nine six five
2: that's amazing and uh, the, the podcast is always will always be free yeah that's really important to us um, but if you do want to support this our little venture yeah so we can take some risks and do some crazy stuff um, then you can go to Patreon and that is patreon.com Patreon. slash youthscape lovely and you can find out more so do you friends- know someone
1: did that by the way can I just <gasps> say because we've never recognised it somebody actually did it
2: someone <coughs> <laughs> actually did what we said so,
1: so, so I feel like excited about that and like <laughs> If, we, if a couple more people do it, we can have a Christmas party. We're
2: going to have a Christmas, party Christmas party lunch. Three of us. That's amazing. Rather than eating up, please kind of That's not really
1: things. how we'll spend your money. Please no. punch us on Patreon.
2: <laughs> so God bless you. Take care.
1: Do you think do you good. think I've I've missed my calling and I, I should be on yeah. local radio?